Chapter Fourteen of the Road to Understanding. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Road to Understanding by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Fourteen. The Understudy soon after the doctor started on his trip to the north the thayers closed their beacon street home and went to their north shore cottage the move was made a little earlier than usual this year a fact which pleased the children not a little and delighted helen denby especially you see i've always been so afraid in boston she explained to mrs thayer as the train pulled out of the north station afraid that somewhere on the street or somewhere i'll meet someone from dalton or somebody that knew my husband mrs thayer frowned slightly yes i know and there was danger of course but helen that brings up exactly the subject that i'd been intending to speak to you about thus far and advisedly i know we've kept you carefully in the background my dear but this isn't going to do forever you know why not i i, I like it Mrs. Thayer smiled, but she frowned again thoughtfully. I know, dear, but if you're to learn this, this, Mrs. Thayer stumbled and paused, as she always stumbled and paused when she tried to reduce to words her present extraordinary mission. You will have to learn to meet people and mingle with them easily and naturally. The earnest look of the eager student came at once to Helen Denby's face. You mean I'll have to meet and mingle with swell people if I too am oh that horrid word again Mrs. Thayer why can't I learn to stop using it what you mean I know what you mean you mean I'll have to meet and mingle with ladies and gentlemen if I'm to be one myself isn't that it yes of course only the very words lady and gentleman have been so abused that we we oh helen helen you do put things so baldly and it sounds so so don't you see dear it's all just as i've told you lots of times the minute you begin to talk about it you lose it it's something that comes to you by absorption and intuition but there are things i have to learn mrs thayer real things like holding your fork and clothes and fingernails and not speaking so loud and not talking about folks being swell and tony and yes yes i know interrupted mrs thayer with a touch of desperation but after all it's all so so impossible and she stopped abruptly at the look of terrified dismay that always leaped to helen denby's eyes in response to such a word no no i don't mean that but really helen she went on hurriedly the time has come when you must be seen more and it will be quite safe at the shore i am sure you'll meet no one who ever saw you in dalton that is certain then of course if you say so i'll have to i'll have to that's all i do say it my but i dread it helen drew in her breath and bit her lip all the more reason why you should do it then smiled mrs thayer briskly you're to learn not to dread it see and it'll be easier than you think there are some very pleasant people coming down the gillespies mrs reynolds and her little gladys about betty's age by the way and next month there'll be the drew girls and mr donald Estey and his brother john 
later there will be others the chandlers and mr eric shaw and i'm going to begin immediately to have them see you and if you see them they'll know me as mrs darling of course a friend of mine but i want to to help in some way you do help you help with the children your companionship but that's the way i've learned so many things mrs thayer of course and that's the way you'll learn many other things but there are others still others that you can learn in no way as well as by association with the sort of well-bred men and women you will meet this summer i don't mean that you're always to be with them my dear but i do mean that you must be with them enough so that it is a matter of supreme indifference to you whether you are with them or not do you understand you must learn to be at ease with anybody see helen sighed and nodded her head slowly yes i think i do mrs thayer and i will try so hard she hesitated then asked abruptly who is mr donald Esty, please there was not something in mrs thayer's laugh as she answered and why pray do you single him out because of something different in your voice when you said his name mrs thayer laughed again that's more cleverly put than you know child she shrugged i never thought of it before but i fancy we all do say mr donald Esty's name with a difference is he so very important then in his own estimation yes there i was wrong to say that helen and you must forget it mr donald Esty is a very wealthy very capable very delightful and brilliant young bachelor he is a little spoiled perhaps but that's our fault and not his i suspect for he's petted and made of enough to turn any man's head he's very entertaining he knows something about everything he can talk egyptian scarabs with my brother and irish crochet with me and then turn around and discuss politics with my husband and quote poetry to phyllis drew in the next breath all this of course makes him a very popular man but he's a a real gentleman the kind that my husband would like why of course mrs thea frowned slightly and then suddenly she laughed to tell the truth he's very like your husband in some ways i've heard my brother say tastes temperament and so forth an odd something leaped to helen denby's eyes you mean what he likes burke likes she questioned why yes you might put it that way i suppose but never mind you'll see for yourself when you see him yes i'll see when i see him helen denby nodded and relaxed in her seat the odd something was still smouldering in her eyes then it's all settled remember smiled mrs thayer you're not to run and hide now when somebody comes you're to learn to meet people that's your next lesson my next lesson my next lesson repeated helen denby half under her breath oh i hope i'll learn so much in this next lesson i won't run and hide now indeed i won't mrs thayer and at the glorified earnestness of her face mrs thayer watching felt suddenly her own throat tighten convulsively in spite of her valiant promise helen denby a week later did almost run and hide when the gillespies the first of mrs thayer's guests arrived 
held however by a stern something within her she bravely stood her ground and forced herself to meet mr and mrs gillespie and their daughters miss alice and miss maud it was not so difficult the next week when mrs reynolds came because of the pretty little gladys so near her own betty's age fully alive to her own shortcomings however embarrassed and distrustful of herself helen was careful never to push herself forward never to take the initiative and because she was so quiet and unobtrusive her intense watchfulness and slavish imitation of what she saw passed unnoticed gradually as the days came and went the tenseness of her concentration relaxed and she began to move and speak with less studied caution it was at this juncture that mr donald Este arrived instantly into her bearing sprang an entirely new alert eagerness but this too passed unnoticed for the change was not in herself alone the entire household had made instant response to the presence of mr donald Este. the men sharpened their wits and the women freshened their furbelows breakfast was served on the minute with never a vacant chair and even the steps of the maids in the kitchen quickened because mr donald Este was always surrounded by an admiring group the fact that that quiet little mrs darling was almost invariably one of the group did not attract attention it was mr donald Este himself in fact who first noticed it and the reason that he noticed it was because once when she was not there he found himself looking for her eager face he realized then that for some time he had been in the habit of finding his chief inspiration in a certain pair of wondrously beautiful blue eyes bent full upon himself not that the encountering of admiring feminine eyes bent full upon him was a new experience to mr donald Este, but that these eyes were different there was something strangely fascinating and compelling in their earnest gaze it was on the day that he first missed them that he suddenly decided to cultivate their owner he began by asking casual questions of his fellow guests but he could find out very little concerning the lady she was a mrs darling a friend of their hostess which he knew already she was a widow they believed though they had never heard her husband mentioned she was pleasant enough but so shy and retiring charming face she had though and beautiful eyes but did he not think she was well a little peculiar mr donald Este did not answer this directly he became indeed always very evasive when his fellow guests turned about and began to question him now very soon too he ceased his own questioning but that he had not lost his interest in mrs darling was most unmistakably shown at once for openly and systematically he began to seek her society to the varying opinions but unvarying interest of the rest of the house party if mr donald Este had expected mrs darling to be shy and coy at his advances he found himself entirely mistaken she welcomed him with a frank delight that was most flattering at the same time most puzzling owing to a certain elusive quality that he could not name mr donald Este thought that he knew women well it pleased his fancy to think that he had his feminine friends nicely pigeonholed and labeled and that he had but to pass an hour or two of intimate talk with any woman to be able at once to ticket her accurately 
His first hour of intimate talk with Mrs. Darling, however, left him confused and baffled, but mightily interested. In the course of that one hour, he had shelved her in almost every one of his pigeonholes, only to find at the end of it that she was still free and uncatalogued. She was a flirt. She was not a flirt. She was sincere. She was hypocritical. She was brilliantly subtle. She was incredibly stupid. She was charming. She was commonplace. She was as clear as crystal. She was as inscrutable as a sphinx. And she was all these things in that one short first hour. At the end of it, Mr. Donald Este, with a long breath and a frown, but with a quickened pulse, decided that he would have another hour with her as soon as possible. He had no difficulty in obtaining it. Mrs. Darling, indeed, seemed quite as desirous of his society as he was of hers. And yet there was still the elusive something in her manner that robbed it of all its offensive eagerness. Again, today, after the hour's intimate talk, Esty found himself confused and baffled with a lady still outside his pigeonholes. Nor did he find the situation changed the next day or the next, and then suddenly he awoke to a new element in the case, the extraordinary deference that was being paid his lightest wish or preference on the part of Mrs. Darling. At first, doubting the accuracy of his suspicions, he systematically put her to the test, choosing purposely the most obvious and unmistakable. Blue was his favorite color, he said. She appeared in blue the next day. Browning was his best-loved poet, he declared. In less than an hour he found a poring over Pippa Passes in the library. A woman who could talk and talk well on current events won his sincere admiration every time he told her. He wondered the next morning how late she must have sat up the night before studying the merits and demerits of the four presidential candidates. Mr. Donald Esty was flattered, amused, and curiously interested. Not that it looked to be a determined assault upon his heart was exactly a new experience for him, but that the circumstances in this case were so out of the ordinary, and that he was still trying to place this young woman. He was not sure even always that she was trying to make a bid for his affections. He was not sure either of his own mind regarding her. In spite of his interest, he was conscious sometimes of a distinct feeling of aversion toward her. She was not always to his mind quite the lady. Though she was improving in that respect, even in his thoughts, the word gave him a shock. He could hardly imagine a candidate for the position of Mrs. Donald Esty in need of improvement. But she was beautiful, and there was something wonderfully alluring in her eager way of listening to his every word. She was indeed not a little refreshing after the languid conservatism of some of the sophisticated young women one usually found at these country houses. Besides, was she, after all, really in love with him? Very likely she was not. At all events, it could do no harm. This mild flirtation, if flirtation it were, he would not worry about it. Plenty of time yet to, to withdraw. He had but to receive, apparently, 
a summoning message, and he could go at once. That would, of course, end the affair. Meanwhile, but just exactly what type of woman was she anyway? Still amused, interested, and contentedly secure, therefore, Mr. Donald Estey pursued for another week his pleasant pastime of finding just the proper pigeonhole for this tantalizing will-o'-the-wisp of femininity. Then sharply he received a jolt that left him figuratively, almost literally, breathless and gasping. They were talking of marriage. But you yourself have never married, she said. No, I have never married. I wonder why. Mr. Donald Estey frowned and stirred restlessly. There were times when Mrs. Darling's unconventionality was not refreshing. Perhaps the right girl has never found me, he shrugged. Oh, Mr. Estey, please, what sort of girl would be the right one for you? Well, really, er... He stopped and stirred again uneasily. There was an almost frenzied earnestness in her face and manner that was somewhat disconcerting. Well, that might be hard telling, he evaded banteringly. But you could tell me, Mr. Estey. I know you could. And, oh, won't you please? Why, Mrs. Darling, he gave an embarrassed laugh as he sought for just the right word to say. You seem er, extraordinarily interested, he laughed again, to hide the fact that he knew that he had said just the wrong thing. I am interested indeed, Mr. Estey. It would mean you cannot know what it would mean if you'd tell me. Why, really? Yes, yes, I know. I hadn't ought to talk like this. Ladies don't. I can see it in your face. But it's because I want to know so. Because I must know. Please, won't you tell me? With a quick lifting of his head, Mr. Donald Estey pulled himself sharply together. Flattering as it was to be thus deferred to, this flirtation, if flirtation it were, had gone quite far enough. He laughed again lightly and sprang to his feet. Couldn't think of it, Mrs. Darling, really, I couldn't, you know. Mr. Estey, she too was on her feet. She had laid a persuasive hand on his arm. Please, you think I'm joking, but I'm not. I really mean it. If you only would do it, it would mean so much to me. And don't, don't look at me like that. I know I'm not being proper, and I know ladies don't do so, what I'm doing. But when I saw it, such a splendid chance to ask you, I, I just had to do it. But, but, the startled, nonplussed man stuttered like a bashful schoolboy. It, it really is so absurd, Mrs. Darling, when you stop to think of it. She sighed despairingly, but she did not take her hand from his arm. Then if, she spoke hurriedly and with evident embarrassment, if you won't tell me that way, won't you please tell me another? Could you, would you, am I any like that girl, Mr. Estey? Mr. Donald Estey was guilty of an actual gasp of dismay. In a whirl of vexation at the situation in which he found himself, he groped blindly for a safe way out. Of course, young women— Young women, such as he knew, did not really propose to one, but was it possible that that was exactly what this somewhat remarkable young widow was doing? It seemed incredible, and yet— Am I, Mr. Estey, or do you think I could learn? Why, er, uh, I mean, would you, could you marry me? Every vestige of self-control slipped 
from the tortured man like a garment conscious only of an insane desire to flee from this wretched woman who was about to march him to the altar willy-nilly he quite jerked his arm free well really mrs darling i i you wouldn't i can see you wouldn't there was a heartbroken little sob in her voice but but mrs darling oh hang it all what a perfectly preposterous situation he stormed wrathfully i don't want to marry anybody i tell you i'm not a marrying man i he stopped short at the astounding change that had come to the little woman opposite she was staring into his face with a growing terror that suddenly at its height broke into a gale of hysterical laughter she covered her face with her hands and dropped into the chair behind her oh oh you didn't you didn't but you you did she choked swaying her body back and forth the next moment she was on her feet facing him a new something in her eyes the laughter was quite gone you needn't worry mr donald Esty. she spoke hurriedly and with all the wild abandoned of her old self i wasn't asking you to marry me so you don't have to refuse her voice quivered with hurt pride why of course not of course not my dear lady he caught at the straw i never thought yes you did and you was floundering around trying to find a way to say no i wasn't good enough for you and that's just what i was trying to find out too but it hurt just the same when i did find out oh but mrs darling i didn't mean yes you did i saw it in your eyes and in the way you drew back only i i didn't mean you i never thought of your taking it that way that i wanted to marry you it was someone else that i meant someone else the stupefaction in the man's face deepened yes yes you don't know him but they said you were like him that what you liked he would like see and that's why i tried to find out what what you did like so i could learn to be what would please him the petted idol of unnumbered drawing-rooms blinked his eyes you mean you were using me as uh, an understudy he demanded yes no i don't know i was just trying to walk and talk and breathe and move the way you wanted me to so i could do it by and by for him mr donald Estey drew in his breath well by jove and i'm going to she lifted her chin determinedly i'm going to and now you know why i asked you what i did i was hoping i had gained a little in all these weeks i've been trying so hard and before you came when mrs thayer told me you were like like the man i love i determined then to watch you and study you and do everything the way you liked if i could find out what it was and now to have you think i was asking you to to as if i'd ever marry you she choked the next moment with a wild fling of her arms she was gone alone mr donald Esty drew a long breath as he turned he faced his own image in the mirror across the room slowly he advanced toward it there was a quizzical smile in his eyes donald me boy he apostrophized you have been rejected do you hear rejected jove but what an extraordinary young woman his eyes left the mirror and sought the door by which she had gone mr donald Esty did not see mrs darling again during his stay 
a sudden indisposition prevented her from being among the guests for some days. End of chapter 14